Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Support WrestleTalk! Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. This is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, support the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Mr. Davis, joined for the first time in 2021. Remember when we said this was the start of the new decade? A lot of people got angry that the idea of zero being the start of a decade is in- that's incorrect. It's actually number 10. That's the end of the previous decade. While for you people, you incorrect wrong people, me and Luke haven't done a podcast this entire decade until now. I'm joined by lukewarm Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Mr. Davis. Boy, it's good to be back talking with you again and doing these podcasts. That's... I thought you well, were going to say something else after that. Well, I mean, no, I was just saying it. I'm really happy to be back and do this podcast. I listened to the ones that you and Pete did last week. I, I text you to say, I think that Pete massively undersold your story that you uh, told him about the uh, the kid who falls into the world of kayfabe. But it was a, a brilliant little story. And he had the audacity to look at his phone. It was just the when you said that, I'm, the way you said it was, I'm just excited to be back here on the podcast. But you had an inflection where you were going to carry on talking. Oh, I see. No, no, no. Me. How the devil are you? Oh, of course. Well, sorry. How the devil are you? You're out of practice. (laughs) Clearly I am. Because I, you know, I've asked you multiple times to not ask me that. (laughs) It's always the same now. We're always in lockdown. I have got no real new anecdotes. Even over the Christmas break. Very flat. Not much new happened. And and I'm prepping, I'm prepping for you to say, how the devil are you? And you fake me out. Sorry, I man. Uh, like Randy Orton, I feel like you hopped up to do the phenomenal forearm. And I have gone for a full-blown RKO. <laughs> <laughs> a little hop. 
Um, just to quickly double check, are you on the right microphone there, man? Probably not. It was me accusing you of being... Oh, I am on the correct microphone, according to this. Do I not I stand correct? No, no, I think you sound fine. It's just your, your audio cuts out a little bit. No, no, you are definitely on the right microphone. Yep, that's a yeah. gross sound. But yeah. tell you what, now that we've got those technical issues out of the way, let's get into the podcast itself, and then we can talk about how the devil you are in the <laughs> outro. Here is the show. Did Alexa Bliss blind... Sorry, that was just my echo going off. Did she blind Randy Orton at the end of last night's episode of Raw? And was it awful? Bit of a loaded question. We could ask, was it good? Alexa, stop. She said she's not sure. She doesn't know whether it was awful or not. I'm Mr. Davis. I'm joined for the first time in 2021. Lukewarm Lou Gowen. How's it feel Hello. to be back? It feels great to be back. Very happy to be here. But I didn't. I, I get, I've not watched Raw for two whole weeks. Two gloriously beautiful weeks where I have not had to watch Raw. And this was not a fun one to come back to. Do you want me to catch you up on a few things that have happened in the short time you've been away? Well, Goldberg's back. I, Goldberg. I noticed that from, from this show. Goldberg is back and he's going to be at the Royal Rumble. And I think that's broadly it. Adam Pearce is challenging oh. Roman Reigns for the Blue Universal Championship on SmackDown at oh, the Royal Rumble. Um, you say that, but I heard they're cancelling the Royal Rumble. Whole thing. The whole <laughs> And Ric Flair's horny and back as a weekly character. Awesome. Great. Mm. I mean, but it wasn't just Legends one night. It was uh, Legends forever, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So... The main talking point from last night's episode, and there's a few, you know, mostly, of course, the sort of extenuating circumstances WWE found them in. Uh, there has been a reported coronavirus outbreak, not just in WWE, but amongst other companies as well. And it looks like it's going to affect a lot of stuff, at least in the short term. Uh, the biggest name, probably one of the biggest names that could come up with a positive case, was Drew McIntyre. He was originally meant to fight Randy Orton in the main event of this show. That was already announced, but they had to pull it. The whole show, it seems, had to be rewritten. You had a lot of people pulling double duty. So you'd have hmm. Jeff Hardy, uh, Keith Lee and Sheamus, Matt Riddle. They all wrestled twice, back to back, just to sort of pad out the time. Which was, I found to be a very odd decision because WWE, you know, they looked at this and were like, oh no, ah, oh, Smeg, we've actually got a really short, like small talent pool that we could use from. We're going to have to make them wrestle twice. Um, I wonder if there was one like dissenting voice that said, should we just let AJ Styles and Drew Gulak go 20 minutes? They're like, no, that has to go 90 seconds. Make Jeff Hardy <laughs> wrestle twice. Do we, Matt Riddle, Bobby Lashley, do you want to get that going to be longer? No, that's two minutes. Make him wrestle twice. Asuka, how about Raw Women's Champion Asuka? She uh, could well, have I'd, a match. So apparently, uh, so Sean said, well, I was listening to the Fightful review and he said like, it's unknown what the, um, like where Asuka is at the moment. Like they mm. don't know if she's injured or anything like that. But yeah, that's why she wasn't on TV this week. Well, she was on last week's show. But anyway, there was a lot of rewrites, but one thing that wasn't rewritten, I'm pretty sure this was always the scheduled 
end to the show. They just went through a new route to get there because it was pre-recorded because it was freaking insane and you couldn't do it live. So Randy Orton was meant to face Drew McIntyre, but oh no, we haven't got him. To their credit, I thought they pulled Triple H out of the bag quite well. Uh, mm -hmm. But then it was sort of a bait and switch thing where they never really had a proper main event. Triple H yeah. dropped Orton on the announcer's desk, then got a sledgehammer out from underneath the ring. You know, five minutes, four minutes of that was entrance. And then the lights turn off Fiend style. Yeah, they started to turn off and Triple H sort of like, he noticed it, but didn't really pay much attention to it. And he pulled out the old sledgehammer and then he goes to step into the ring and all of a sudden the sledgehammer is on fire. Cool and visual. Like, yeah, it was a cool visual. Yeah, I thought he'd set it on fire at first. Like I thought he was doing it as like a, is this symbolic? But it, it turns out like when I was you know spoke to people like no 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 it was Alexa Flip uh, Alexa Fliss Alexa Bliss that made it on fire <laughs> Alexa like, oh, fists I, I did not pick up on that whatsoever but no, then no, I no. get like, I I yeah, thought so. it might be like a, because there was no shot of him pouring gasoline on it that would have been much cooler I thought he might have a button just oh, like right. a little, yeah, yeah yeah like a like a lighter down. like a really yeah, extravagant lighter. Well, you get those lighters, don't you? Like the little gun lighters mm. for like, you know, doing gas hobs and things like that. Um, but yeah, and then the lights went fully out. He just disappeared. He Thanos into, into midair. And then Alexa Bliss was standing there and she threw a Hadouken and, uh, and blinded Randy Orton in the face. Mm. And that was how the show went off the air. I wrote in my notes, word for word, I'm too old to watch this show. And that's how I felt when this show finished. I'm too old to be watching this. Did you uh, did you sort of sigh and go, oh, I'm getting too old for this S word? Yeah, no, I mean, more just like, oh, I'm going to have to watch this again next week because that, that's, <laughs> that's my job. Um, but yeah, it was. I, 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 I was not a fan of this. But I would say that the reason why I'm probably not a fan of this is because I'm not invested in this storyline anyway. But uh, I understand, you know, we went through the comments on the, the WWE's YouTube video. People seem really into this. So I think it is a case of just like, I. it's not that this is rubbish. It's just, it's not for me and I'm not into this. But I think that people really are digging this. Yeah, it's interesting because I, th I felt the same. I thought like, even as a supernatural story, uh, is this a good supernatural story? I don't think it is. Uh, I'm not. The whole Randy Autumn fiend bliss feud has not has not been that good, I don't think. You know, we all not for us at least. Mm. And maybe it's good for younger viewers. Like I, I can't do that. I can't put my head back in like an adult mind back watching The Undertaker or Kane when he was doing all these supernatural stuff. Yeah, but we said that during um, TLC, like exactly. uh, Hannah, like her kids were watching this, and they, they were in. They didn't. They didn't care about anything else on the show, but they were like enraptured by the the, the Inferno match at the end. But we said this from the start uh, with the Fiend's debut back in 2019. The real power of the character and the appeal came from the idea that this what it wasn't supernatural. No, exactly. It was just a man who has who was broken. And he's, yeah. he's, he's very psyche, is fractured into two opposing parts, Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. And as soon as you start, you know, he can appear in the ring because I can explain that away. It's mind games, lights come on and off. But when other people start to disappear, 
when other people start to appear and all these all this fire stuff ah it's just yeah it's, it's it was not for me I, I i didn't get the sense i'm too old for this because i've seen plenty more stupid mm-hmm. but I, ju- I just had too many questions you know and i thought it played very goofily well the other uh, side of this as well that uh, i don't think many people have brought up is that we're building to an inferno match we've already had mm. like we we are once again booking this feud backwards this feud has started with the fire match and is now carrying on this fire motif are we building are we going to just build towards a regular match because uh, surely you want to do all of this fire stuff and then be like and now we're going to have an inferno match well, that might have been the plan originally. Remember that first burning angle, the first fire angle, was the go-home show. And yeah. then it was very late in the day where they were like, nah, make it a, make it a fire, fire, fun, how flight, fire match at TLC. <laughs> and now they're, yeah, they're, if that was the just a straight-up match, and now you get all the fire build, that makes total sense. Um, but no, maybe they can build to an even more fire match. And I'm not even being sarcastic <laughs> when I say that because you can do a cinematic concept to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fiend's yeah. character is of that style. Fiend and Orton have had a lot of cinematic stuff this year, it feels like, oh, yeah. or last year as well. Yeah. But yeah, in the, the, the remarkable reaction to this, because it was definitely the biggest thing on the show. Mm. Um, Drew saying admitting he's got COVID, I, I think, is huge as well. But that's you know not storyline based; it's real based. Biggest storyline point of the show, and it has done remarkably well on the YouTube clips. One point two million views. Whoa! In that its was first I, ten hours, and that was like two hundred thousand when I got up this morning. So like yeah. you know like six o'clock this morning when I looked at that it was like two hundred thousand. Now is it like one million? That's huge. Didn't you said it was like the number two trending video on all of YouTube? Let me click on it now and find That's out. Nuts. Yeah, when we looked at it uh, in the morning, it was number two trending. Now it's number four in all of YouTube. So and and you know thirty eight thousand thumbs up, one point five thousand thumbs down. A lot of the comments are positive. I saw on Reddit the reaction was also generally positive but it was more of an ironic kind you know like it's super effective hadouken alexa's got fire powers now so generally when wwe has success with a youtube clip they equate it to a good story uh, we saw this a lot with alia uh alia mysterio in the ray mysterio storyline and buddy murphy and all that stuff any thumbnail with alia on it did way better than other videos. So they started pushing Aaliyah more. And I, you know, that makes total sense. You can't mm-hmm. argue with those numbers. Nope. But back to the just before we get into the the hyper chats for your opinions, remember wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them before the end of the show. I I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, and I don't it's the same with the the Inferno match at TLC. Like, it wasn't for me. I thought the ending was incredibly goofy. I thought Bray Wyatt sending a mannequin on fire looked a bit crap. Uh, and it's, you know, <laughs> WWE wanted to, like, they always say we make movies, and I think they make bad movies sometimes. Mm. And I, this was just another example of just, uh, it's a bad movie. And as much as I love a good bad movie, 
this this isn't for me. It's not the storyline I'm most invested in on Raw, which I mean, I, in the sort of the grand scheme of things, I'm not invested in a lot of the stories on Raw at the moment. Um, is it the one I'm I'm le- I'm less invested in Jeff Hardy versus Elias? But um, oh come on, there's loads worse on Raw. <laughs> oh, there's way I, worse. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm not, I'm not saying the fire feud is in any way good or to my taste, but it is by far not the worst thing on Raw. We'll get to the Charlotte stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not for me. So mm. I don't know if I would go as far as to call it awful because I can see that it's effective, right? I can see that it is working for a lot of people. But for me personally, it's not working. Mm. I guess, you know, when do you make the call? YouTube, you, know, you, you can't discount YouTube views. Nope. Uh, but if it has no real effect on the TV ratings... Do you still think it's because it's getting big numbers on YouTube? I I mean, I guess so, because like that's one of their metrics that they measure, right? Mm. Like Vince always says in the the investors' calls, like, yeah, TV ratings are down, but look how good our YouTube numbers are. Like, and we're counting YouTube numbers and Facebook plays and stuff on Twitter. Like, you know, they can't, they count like all of their people under contract, their follower counts, they count within like the WWE follower counts like total right so like i think they just all look at this and be like yeah this this is working people are really into Mm. this this is a good metric for us to follow i mean they're probably going to do quite bad in the ratings this week anyway because they're up against a college football game that was going to do really well which is why they booked drew versus randy in the first place and i I think it says a lot about wwe that their replacement for drew versus randy was randy versus triple h because there's no one else that's a star that will make people stick around and watch so they were like well we've got to pull out the triple h guns i guess put a t-shirt on mate well, I think it's safe to say we're getting a sequel to this terrible movie that neither of us like uh, because it's so successful on YouTube. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your first baby's health 
right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This episode of the WrestleTalk podcast is brought to you by the good folk over at manscaped.com. One of the most painful things in life for us blokey blokes is pulling our hair out of our nose with tweezers. No joke, I did it the other night while watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer, though I did it with my fingers because I'm a man and... I really wish I hadn't because it really hurt. And then I felt sad and I was unable to enjoy Willow's traumatic journey to becoming Dark Willow. Oh God, you're an idiot. I am? Because you should have used Manscaped's Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer. A trimmer they've spent over a year developing, reinventing the traditional nose trimmer into something way more effective. A 9000 RPM motor, 360 degree rotary dual blade system, contoured 23 degree angle, water resistant tech and a lithium iron battery that lasts so long I've had mine for six months and have yet to charge it. So start off your 2021 right by upgrading your Manscaped routine to include the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Trimmer and you can get 20% off with free international shipping by using our promo code WTTV at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com with the promo code WTTV to get 20% off and free international shipping. Thanks, Manscaped, for making me a better man. And thanks for letting me enjoy Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But let's see what you guys think. Remember, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get your hyper chats in there. Uh, Mar- Marcel Arts. Hey, Waldmeister King here, of course. How do you like those apples? Just wanted to say that Fireballs is a totally legit foreign object since the 70s or even longer. Even Cornette has no problem with them. And by the way, this is my first Super Chat message. Hooray. Oh, thank you. Long time yeah. Patreon. It is, yeah. I mean, I don't think has anyone said this is a new thing. Like, yeah, fireballs have been around for like forever. Mm. So I, I think I know what Marcel is saying there because you can have people come into the ring and they can do a fireball, and it is it's like a legit weapon. It's not a supernatural mm. weapon. I, I think see. the problem with this fireball, it it was very much presented as Bliss has firepower. Yes, this wasn't this wasn't flash paper. This was. I've I've shot a fire. I am Super Mario, and I've got the fire mm. flower, and I'm shooting a fireball at you. Oh, I guess we should also ask. So, Orton's going to be blind next week. Well, that's it, right? Because like he was like rolling around in the ring, and the commentators would be like, "Oh my god!" Like, like I can't believe what Alex Bliss just did to him. Like, he is definitely blind now, right? Um, have to get those goggles out again. So he's <laughs> in the dark. <laughs> I bet he's like, "Why didn't I wear the welding goggles?" <laughs> <laughs> they were appropriate here. Uh, yeah. uh, so Bliss has posted on Instagram with that caption with an eye for an eye. And I, 
I said it in my review earlier. I was just like, freaking get your thematic tone. <laughs> because this is, yes, it is a revenge story, but you just did an I versus an I storyline very literally in July or June. This is a fire story. Yeah. Make it about you, you know, you play with fire, you get burned. It's not like you're at a loss for sayings there. But I, I don't know. I, Autumn better show up blind next week, at least for a while. And he's got, I don't know how you even do that though. Siren God, Goddess 034. Uh, I'm just glad we didn't have a Hogan spot with, with Bliss fumbling with the stuff to make a fireproof in Autumn's face. Fire poof, sorry. Uh, always love you guys. Keep up the great content. Jam that jam. Thank you. Jam that jam. Thank you very much, Stone Goddess. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the benefit of doing it as a pre-taped thing, right? Like you don't have the Hogan, oh no, it's live, pal, and I'm on pay-per-view mm. and there's like 30,000 people here and I'm fumbling to get this, oh no, I've burnt my mustache and my eyebrows. <laughs> um, like, yeah, you could pre-tape it, do it as many times as you want until you get it right. Uh, Matthew Robinson, I don't think it was bad or good. I'm just tired of having a legend or someone in the ring and then they just Thanos away to do some theme thing. Why does this keep happening? Ratings, Matthew. You need to get the legends on TV. It's how ratings happen. Yeah, I think this this idea is not bad, but it's just repetitive. It's the wrong people. It's that the story is told out of order. But maybe that's the main problem with it. Mm. Uh, just do it better, as we used to say. Oh, yeah, the classic Say, phrase of just do it better, WWE. Sadie Lady 59. Welcome back, Luke. Hope you enjoyed your time off. Mr. Davis, Bliss isn't supernatural. She just got the firepower from the Mario series. Also, I can't believe Asuka has been a double champ for this long, and they don't call her the Empress of Two Morrow. The number oh, two. That's very good. That's good oh that's very good i mean in all fairness sadie like they'd have to register the fact she's the raw women's champion in order to <laughs> do that one. and i think they have zero interest in doing that um alan met hello guys thanks for making my tuesdays and thursday mornings better i think raw has braun's tag team partner nicholas writing the fiend and orton angle i agree too much magic I mean, I did see someone in the comments say that they were 17 and they think it's stupid. So maybe it's not just a kid thing. Maybe it's just a personal preference thing. Oh, but I think, you know, 15 oh, and above, yeah, that's, that's my age. Nicole. That's where my head is always at. It's it's, it's always 1999 up here. <laughs> it's your 11s and under, I reckon, mm. that this is yeah. saying that. Uh, Caleb Maldonado. Maldonado, congratulations, your Bliss has learned the move Fire Blast, but she already knows four moves. Choose one to replace it. Sparkle Splash, get rid of that, mate. Mm, it's a Pokemon joke. Uh, Rich, producer Rich, has said in our private chat, so we need a water type to combat her next? <laughs> <laughs> Who is a water type uh, wrestling character? Ooh, well, Bob Bobby Splashley. <laughs> Of course. How can I Extinguish that fire immediately. <laughs> uh, Carol Wands, Trekkie386. Hi, Carol. Uh, hi, Luke hi, and Ollie. Hope you are both well today. Raw was poor. Even a thrown-together show should have been better. I really wanted to see Triple H versus Orton, but it was more of a nothing than a main event. Clickbait to get me to watch. Bliss and Orton stuff. Boo. Jam that jam. That's, it is, it's a clickbait match. 
Mm. Like, I mean, I wrote in my notes, this match has got DQ written all over it because there's no way Triple H is just taking a pinfall when there's been no build to it whatsoever. And you're not going to beat Orton. By, and no, Triple H is not being awesome because that accomplishes nothing. But yeah, it was like totally stick around for the third hour, stick around for the third hour. It's never going to happen, but please do stick around for that. Hour. Don't switch over and watch the football. Watch us instead. Yeah, I'm I'm terribly inconsistent with this sort of stuff and hypocritical because I remember saying about something very similar, like maybe it was Christian's comeback last mm-hmm. year, where I was like, it obviously wasn't going to be a match. It was fine. Stop getting because people were angry that there wasn't a legit match there. Um, but this one, I was like. Oh, that it? Yeah. I was a bit annoyed by it. So when I saw how long of the show was left. I was like, oh yeah, this is actually, this is even worse than I thought it was going to be. But like in fairness, I suppose we'll talk about this when we get into the show. Triple H woke up yesterday morning not expecting mm. uh, to have a match. So like this was, you know, really thrown together at the very, very last minute. Um so yeah, you know, it, exactly it's wrestling in a t-shirt what is that old wrestling adage always bring your gear come on trips you've been in this business long enough mate always bring your gear he needs a lot lot he's not getting his body out if it isn't if it hasn't had like four months of pre-work that's what i thought as well um funny stuff actually pete gas in his autobiography um shane mcmahon sort of invited him to be at the the wrestlemania when he returns you know like in the hell in a cell match against the undertaker and because he was always taught always bring your gear he brought gear just <laughs> just, just in case because you never know maybe we need to get a pete gas running oh love him even more what a guy So, uh, we got an opening video package. What was your impressions of the video package recapping the show you didn't see last week? The legends were there, and it was exactly as I predicted that show was going to be. The legends show up, they say some stuff backstage, and we just move on. And, like, it's nothing of substance. Like, there's no, it's literally just round of applause, Sergeant Slaughter is here. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it's, it's the world's most expensive cameo service. <laughs> Well, that's, yeah, and, and Goldberg, of course. Yeah, Goldberg, Goldberg came back. But Goldberg wasn't part of this video package. Mm. Like, this because Drew wasn't on this show, they didn't do the Goldberg stuff because the story of this night was Randy Triple H. So this was all about Randy Orton making fun of Mark Henry on a scooter. Yeah. But the, you know, like, that storyline, as you saw it play out, did you hear about Goldberg's promo last week? I, did, I mean, yeah, I, I listened to your podcast with Pete uh, last week. So I heard that, um, you know, Goldberg cut a promo on Randy Orton, but thought he was uh, talking, to, but he was actually talking to Drew McIntyre about how the fact he disrespected all the legends. Yeah. And now Triple H is doing Goldberg's thing. Okay, well, yeah, but Triple H's line was so, so Triple H had said this, he comes out for this announcement. There's no announcements because Randy Orton comes out. <laughs> Like I don't know what Triple H's announcement was, was going to be. We've never found out. Mm. And Triple H says to him, "Was like I've watched you for twenty years. Like you know, I've been friends for for twenty years. Like I've watched your career grow. I brought you into you know WWE essentially because they were a part of Evolution together. Like you know, I I know you. And I when I saw you set the fiend on fire, I've never been more proud of you. But then you made fun of Mark Henry, and that's taking <laughs> things too far." Yeah, it doesn't play right, does it? It's uh, yeah, he killed a man, but you wanted uh, I don't know, wasn't even for a title. He stood in your way. 
rules, and that was the rules of the match. Mm. Like he killed a guy, but yeah, the rule of the match was to set a guy on fire. That's what he did. Uh, last minute, they wrote it at the last minute. Wasn't it something cool. like they, they were still writing like they were writing hours two and three of the show when hour one was like that's nitro like levels. Yeah, something like that. Well, that's let's be fair. It's WWE levels right now. <laughs> okay. I think we can You're stop right. calling last minute rewrites nitro. <laughs> uh the yeah, so Triple H came out to open the show. Big surprise. I felt like the Thunderdome crowd. They were like, Oh, look, there's a louder button that we can press. <laughs> Thankfully, we've got this Triple H chance already, like, Triple H, Triple yeah. H. And then he said, I've still got it. Yeah, and then, like, AJ Styles is like, oh, hey, can, can I use that button? It's like, oh, no, it doesn't work anymore. Yeah, sorry, uh, no. That's, that's where the main event starts. Mm. Uh, so that was super loud. I, it was cool to see him, though. I thought it was... The, the payoff was a bit baiting, but this bit I was... Happily surprised to see Triple H. He's always a good talker. I enjoyed his promo, his interaction with Randy. And yeah, they set up the match later and they weirdly tiptoed around the fact that Drew has COVID or tested positive at least um, by saying like, well, that match can't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't seen the news yet because I get up. Yeah. So I was like, what? <laughs> and I stopped and I, you know, I searched. And I was like, oh my God, this, you know, Drew's tested positive. So I thought, okay, they're not going to address that Drew's got COVID. But then, you know, later on, they Drew said it right away in a in a director camera promo. Yeah. So I, I saw the news last night and then saw that Drew was gonna like make an announcement to the WWE universe or whatever it was. But yeah, like so I I knew that Triple H was gonna open the show. But yeah, if you didn't see that story, that must have been like, why the hell is Triple H here? No wonder that pop was so huge. No one else, no one else <laughs> saw this coming. So just to skip ahead because the Drew promo came later, I thought he came across so sincere, uh, very, you know, just a great champion. Like what? What a great person to represent your company in a very tough situation. Make that the cold open. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? yeah, no, I agree. And like he was, just, you know, wear your masks, abide by social distancing rules. He was very, very smart about this. Very sincere. Yeah, it's he is top draw, like mm. an incredible champion and a, and a brilliant, brilliant talent that he is. So the rest of this segment uh randy tried to go triple h into giving a match tonight and triple the only line as usual that could get triple h to agree was oh sorry you've got to go and get your balls from stephanie's purse he must be i mean he's probably said it himself in three different promos but like he must be the 10th person to use that line on triple h to like goad him into a match like that, that it literally is the only thing. It's like, you know, when you call someone a bitch in a promo, that's how you know the feud is serious. Like that is for Triple H, that's how you know it's serious now. Yeah. Uh, well, but, you know, they had to, but very late in the day. <laughs> just it's going to be our, every now and again. Like we're just going to go, like, I mean, it was late in the day. Late in the day. What else could they do? It was out of their hands. Totally out of their hands. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, we got Charlotte Flair versus Lacey Evans. Now, last week, oh, I was like... Oh, sorry, uh, it's Charlotte Flair. There was a, a, a super chat that came into Fightful that called her Marine Charlotte, uh, Lacey Evans. Uh, <laughs> I, I... <laughs> that is good. So I last week, I thought, oh, Charlotte's turning heel on Rick. 
because Charlotte, Rick made a kind of innocent mistake. It was an accident that he cost his daughter the victory. Was he it? was too horny. He was like, too horny. I, he was too horny. I will give you that. But like when they showed the recap of this, like he quite clearly just tripped Charlotte. Like there was no confusion between her and Peyton Royce. He quite purposefully tripped Charlotte there because he was so horned up. So that apparently was a botch. It was meant to come across <laughs> a lot more accidental. Brian oh, Alvarez recorded this, and then Charlotte cut this huge promo on him. I was like, "Oh my god, I feel sorry for Rick," because Charlotte's a natural heel, and Rick's very good at you know getting emotional. And but Rick's no, clearly a babyface because Randy Orton's picking on him. Yeah, right. So either they've this was always the incomprehensible plan from the start, or they've changed course. Uh, because Charlotte cuts a promo before being like, oh, it's all great. I can't stay mad at my dad. He's just a horny man. That's the way it is. And then Lacey Evans comes out, Blonde intensifies. They have a match. And Lacey wins because Rick just did three consecutive bits of interference. Yeah. So like Charlotte had the match won. Uh, from the natural selection, but like Rick puts her, uh, Lacey Evans's foot on the ropes, and then he trips Charlotte when she's doing the suplex, the, the old classic, and then holding down the feet so that uh, they can't kick out. Uh, and then Lacey and uh, Rick celebrate. And uh, from what I gather, they're now going to be an on screen act together. I don't know where Peyton Royce fits into all of this. Do you remember people like people keep saying that Peyton Royce is getting a push because like she got she pinned uh, Bailey at survivor series and then she pinned charlotte last week I was like wow she's getting a push like wasn't on tv this week and there was no mention of her whatsoever this mm. is very much about lacey evans now yeah well she she dyed her hair purplish i thought that was a mistake. go blonde, was a mistake. Go blonde. Well, she, so she did that and then she, she got a push off that she won the tag titles when mm. she went blonde but now she's gone back to purples yeah that was a mistake that she made so i thought this was pretty rubbish and just like a bit <sighs> Ric Flair's 71. He he had a heart attack a couple of years ago. Do you want him to be working weekly in an act on TV? Apparently that's the plan. My bigger issue is that this completely undermines the whole Triple H, Randy Orton thing. Because Triple H is really, really mad that Randy Orton was mean to Ric Flair last week. You disrespected the legend of Ric Flair as one of the all-time greats. Like Triple H cuts this really fiery promo later on where he's like, oh, Rick. Rick doesn't care. Rick's banging Lacey Evans. He doesn't care. Like he's out here being like, I'm horny for Lacey Evans, but I'm going to bang her in the hotel room later on. And I'm tripping my daughter up on TV. He doesn't care that Randy was mean. So why is Triple H mad? Yeah. Well, you know, it was very late in the day. <laughs> Uh, Seamus tells Keith Lee that he's earned his respect after that great uh, main event last week. And they sort of, you know, form a little respect, all respect bromance. And Miz and Morrison come in there obnoxious. They set up a match for later. Jackson Riker takes on Jeff Hardy, beats him. Mm. Oh, God, no, you go. You go. Beats him in a minute. Jeff Hardy's like, oh, I bet I can beat Elias, though, because Elias isn't as good as Jackson Riker. And he does. And that's I mean, it. Was late. It was late in the day. It was, it was late in the day. Um, so, yeah. So the story of this segment was it was supposed to be Jeff Hardy versus Elias. But Elias is injured. So Elias couldn't do the match. So Jackson Riker has the match instead. Jackson Riker 
can only win because Elias distracts Jeff Hardy. And then Jeff Hardy's like, ah, I was supposed to fight Elias. I'll have a match with him now. Elias tells Jackson Riker, don't interfere for me. So he doesn't. And Jeff wins. Absolutely. And and then they set up um, that there's some dissension between Elias and Jackson Riker because they've been together for three weeks now. Because Elias is like, why didn't you interfere for me? I mean, yeah, time's a ticking on these two as a team. Like they <laughs> it had to happen at some point, didn't it? So absolutely no one got over in this whatsoever. Everyone came out of this looking terrible. Say it with me in the chat, everyone. It was very late in the day, though. It was very late in the day, though, wasn't it? Uh, but something I did enjoy, and I think this was my favorite thing on the entire show. Uh, I've seen people not like it, but I, I, I really liked it. And maybe it's because this story with Seamus, Keith Lee, Drew McIntyre has been consistent and mm -hmm. it's been going on for months. So I feel like, so Seamus and Keith Lee had a match against Miz and Morrison that it's, it was really fun. It was mostly the showcase Keith Lee and Keith Lee. Did, did you think that there was a spot where Keith Lee ran into the corner, charged on Morrison, top rope pinned off? Do you think yeah. that was a work? I assumed it was because they went because like, they used that to set up the commercial break. Like, yeah, you know, it'd be like if they'd have thrown them to the outside, that would have been like the a raw rolls on. Like it felt like it was the spot for the raw rolls on bit, but it actually looked wicked. It looked so so awesome because he just pounces him in this corner, and the whole thing just goes like boom and just like shoots off and stuff. Morrison sells it like a million bucks. Like Keith Lee's laughing and be like, "Oh, did you just see what I did?" And Seamus is busting a gut laugh and be like, "That was so cool." This was far and away the best thing on the show. Like this one spot of the match was easily the best thing on the show. Yet my only complaint is that's the finish. There's a really smart finish there where John Morrison can no longer hit his starship pain because the top rope's gone. I can you can you, you can get that great interplay. But, yeah, but yeah, I feel like Ollie, it gets that, that, Ollie, John Morrison's not a credible wrestler. Like he he's not a credible character in this show. So them taking out one of his arsenal like that doesn't help matters. Like Miz and Morrison cut this promo on Keith and Sheamus being like, you know, what what happened the last time you teamed together? I was like, they beat you. Like, mm. that's what happened the last time they did. It's like, no, you argued and stuff. You'd never get along. I was like, the last two times they've teamed together, they've won. They won a Survivor Series, and then they beat you. They are an unstoppable team. Yeah. So, well, I, you know, I thought it was a very memorable spot, and it got lost in the structure of the match. But the finish, uh, Sheamus sort of blind tags himself in, bro kick, he wins. Usually, that would be dissension. But instead, they laugh, they smile, they hug each other. Then we get, I think it goes to Triple H formally accepts the challenge backstage. And then we go back to the ring and Seamus and Keith Lee are fighting. Yeah. Like they've just started brawling. And I don't think that that is inconsistent with their relationship. I felt like they were actually building up this idea that they're friends, but then they fight. Yeah, and I agree with you. But it would be nice to have seen that. Yeah. Because what we saw was them win. Like Seamus blind tags himself in, and you're like, oh, okay, this is where you then set up the like the, the dissension between the two. I can't believe you guys did that. Um, and then the but then they're like Keith Lee was cool with it. He was like, Oh man, yeah, that was wicked. Because we won. So that's cool. And I'm really happy. And they hug afterwards, and you know, they shake hands, this, that, and the other. Then we come to the triple H thing. Then we come back. 
they're, and they're brawling. And I'm like, well, what happened? Where was the B part of this ABC mm -hmm. story? If you'd have done it so like Keith Lee was not cool with it and it was like an uneasy handshake, an uneasy hug, and then you show them brawling, then that's fine. Like that is a consistent, consistent story, right? I, I think that the, the the reason for them to have the match completely makes sense. But the way that WWE presented it made it make no sense. Like their own incompetence made a storyline that makes sense make <laughs> no sense. Yeah, they just cut away at the wrong time. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, but overall, I thought it was a net positive, and that's my benchmark right now. That the good just outweighs the bad on Raw. Yeah. It was uh, the best thing on the show, and I really enjoyed both of the matches. I thought, yeah, being Billy Miz and Morrison was great, and the singles match they had afterwards was also really, really good. Worked over Keith Lee's arm, but Keith Lee fought through that to hit a spirit bomb to win. So yeah. Yeah, and that was, mm. and then we got sort of like, and this happened quite a bit on the show, just chunky bits of replays because they mm. were filling, I presume. Uh, we got another recap of last week's main event. Uh, Drew cut a promo on Goldberg, said he'll give Goldberg a lesson in respect, says Goldberg's next. Then Matt Riddle tells Lucha House Party that beating Bobby Lashley is going to be like unboxing a really tasty pizza. Yeah, because he's Michelangelo. from the turtles it was very late in the day uh and then they said this was the bit i didn't care about that but then <laughs> they lucha house party said we'll have you know watch your back to matt riddle and riddle goes uh how can i bro look at my back i can't and i just thought oh my god that might have been the moment you jumped the shark for me because it's yeah. like it's season one to six joey versus later series joeys where he just becomes mentally incapacitated as a human yeah by the end of friends it's amazing that he can tie his own shoelaces together <laughs> because like they present him to be like the world's biggest thicko um although previously he was just like oh he's, he's not uh, he's not as smart as the other ones because the joke is he's an actor um but yeah, like it, it, he is, he's Michelangelo. It's all, it's leftover concept that they had when Rob Van Dam came into WWF. Like Rob Van Dam's character in ECW was like, I am Mr. Pay-Per-View. I am, you know, you pay money to watch me wrestle. But then he went to WWE and they're like, just say cool man, whatever. And that's your promo. And so like, he just became a stoner guy. And that's what Riddle is now. He's Michelangelo. But they, but like the worst Michelangelo, mm. not a good one from the 2012 reboot. Not even, not the good one from the 2003 series, but the annoying one from like the 87 cartoon. Like that's that's the Michelangelo we've got. No, actually, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that back. The the Michelangelo that was in the 2003-87 crossover episode that they did, was, which was really quite bad. That's the Michelangelo that he is. Yeah, I think there's a consensus on that mm. for, for all the people who know the various iterations of Michelangelo. So uh, after that, we got Xavier Woods in rare singles action against Retribution's T-Bar. I was excited. I love Xavier Woods. I think he should be the United States champion at some point this year, mm. um, especially now Kofi's injured, got a broken jaw, but uh, Retribution's T-Bar beat him in a couple of minutes. Yeah, Ali caused the distraction. Um, T-Bar hit, feasturize or whatever they're calling it these days, uh, and got the win. 
it I mean, we've said this before but like we got dominic dijak like donovan dijak versus xavier woods on tv and it goes two minutes and it feels like nothing that should be like a really that should feel like a really big time match and be really awesome yeah. but it's just it's nothing and man like t-bar's inset promo he's he's so rubbish like this retribution thing is so stupid and i know i know that people are desperate for this to be good because i get messages every single week being like did you see ali's promo on raw talk like if they just put that on tv this group could be cool i'm like that's not the group though is it like this group mm -hmm. is a goofy rubbish nonsense and yeah it, it just sounds so crap and it's it's so hard to take them seriously at least they didn't have a match with ricochet i guess mm. Uh, Orton cut a promo about his new levels of hatred, and then we got that Matt Riddle match. Now, this might have been the thing I liked least on the show, because I think it's the biggest miss of potential. Matt Riddle versus Bobby Lashley. We've seen them wrestle in the ring last week and this week, and when they wrestle, they're good. Like, And they're mm -hmm. different. They're different to everyone else, because there's they're not finessed. But they are. They're totally in control of what they're doing. But it feels like they're throwing themselves at each other. It's violent. There's a the sort of level of reckless violence that I really am drawn to between them. And there's the MMA background, of course, and the title and the Hurt Business. There's a lot to like here. But they have told this story completely ineffectively. Riddle cheated to win last week which set up, and he's the babyface, which set up a title match against heel Bobby Lashley here. And then they just did everything in reverse. All of those traditional revenge babyface spots, Lashley did. All the heel things, Riddle did. Yeah, so I obviously listened to your podcast last week with uh, with Pete. I also listened to um, Sean and Denise's review. Now, Sean watches a lot of MMA, and he pointed out that what Riddle did, it was actually, a, it's a really smart thing to do in an MMA environment, which is you make your opponent think that you've tapped out, so they release the hold. But you know that the referee isn't seeing you tap out. So it's a way for you to escape the hold without you actually having to escape the hold, right? So it's like, it's like mind, it's like, it's a, it's a way to sort of outsmart your opponents. But that's not the way they presented this on TV. They just said like, no, he definitely tapped out and the referee didn't see it. Uh, and now Lashley's getting his revenge and just proving that he can beat him. Because, like, this match goes two minutes, you know, if that, and Lashley just taps him out. And yeah. afterwards, Riddle's like, hey, MVP, I want a match with you. I'm like, why? It's MVP didn't cheat. MVP didn't interfere in the match. Why do you want to have a match with him? And then Lashley just spears him. So I guess this feud continues, but Lashley's already won. We've already seen him win. Well, I, from what from what I remember, kind of similar to how Jeff Hardy challenged Elias, Riddle on the ground just tapped out to Lashley, said, "Let me have a fight with you, MVP. I can beat you." Yeah, and it's like, oh my god, what a terrible way to present a babyface. That is the Miz. That's the Miz's spot where he's just been beaten by the babyface, and now he's like, "Well, uh, I can beat you then." No, I can beat you, even though like they're not an active wrestler. I, I just thought, and I, I, I really want Riddle to succeed because I think he's tremendously talented. And they had something for a while, despite themselves, they had it. But now they've this. This is ruined. Like this. This was a point of of beyond repair. Riddle can't yeah. really go for the US Championship in any serious way now. The matches are going to be decent if they don't get marred by a ridiculous finish or 
stupidly tight time constraints. But really, like all of the fire and intrigue is gone. But the, the feud will continue. I yeah. mean, you told me not just four weeks ago that the Elias Jeff Hardy storyline is done and they're definitely not feuding anymore. And then I'm tuned in to watch this show and they're still feuding. Yeah, but you know, it was late in the day. It was late in the day. Uh, Adam Pierce, definitely, definitely not an authority figure, booked a qualifying match for the Royal Rumble. <laughs> okay. Right. So this segment here, AJ Styles and, and, and Adam Pierce are backstage. And AJ's like, dude, you could win the Universal Championship from Roman Reigns. I'm going to win the Royal Rumble and we'll have a match at WrestleMania. Won't that be a grand old time? And then Drew Gulak walks up and says, I want to declare myself for the Royal Rumble. And Adam Pearce says, well, you can't. You can't just declare yourself for the Rumble. And Drew points at AJ and says, but he did. <laughs> and then, not two segments later... Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke said, we declare ourselves for the Royal Rumble. So can you or can you not? Like, it's have you got to prove yourself or can you just say that you are? It's like they're working it out as they go. <laughs> it was That's late in the day. It was late in the day, yeah. Uh, so Pierce booked that match. We got it next. AJ Styles versus Drew Gulak. The stuff they did do was incredibly watchable. And Styles won in two minutes because pff, Omos is just too big so too big. big he distracts yeah. people purely by standing there yeah i mean he walked up to mm. drew gulak while he was on the ground and it it distracted him i do think they've done a great job presenting omos though uh, yeah. so it would be nice to see him do something eventually we got a recap of goldberg's career this felt like filler then we got keith lee saying he'll be there for triple h later on trip says no i want to do this alone was a nice way to bump up Keith Lee. Uh, and then we got Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler taking on Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose. Yeah, uh, which had the exact same finish of the Keith Lee Sheamus tag match earlier in the night, where Nia Jax has the match won, Shayna Baszler tags herself in, and she uh, locks in the Kirifuna clutch to get the win. And there's now dissension between these teams because, she said, you've only got so much, you've only got so long to be a tag team, so you've got to split these guys up. Yeah, I thought this was... I did, The women's division has gone from one of the best things in WWE to just total rubbish. Well, on, yeah. on Raw, at least. Absolutely on Raw. It's it's really, really bad. And like this is a great example of why it's bad. Because... like, But they keep building these Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke matches against J uh, Jackson Baszler, and Jackson Baszler just keep winning. So, easily. Easily, yeah. So it's not like... I'm I'm wanting to see them finally get the win over them. I'm just like, why are we still having this feud? And then and because they declared themselves at the Rumble earlier as well, I'm like, well, I don't think you're winning the Rumble. It doesn't help that they have negative chemistry together <laughs> because Mandy visibly, visibly doesn't want to be in this team. God, I just stand just, there and I. This this will convince them that we like each other. <laughs> We've both got arms. I'm not thinking about Sonia Deville right now. Oh, we were a good team. Oh, we did good things on SmackDown. Uh, they also had the shoehorned pop culture reference of the week when they said they'll uh, they'll toss people out harder than Kim Kardashian tossed Kanye West to the curb. Is that a thing that happened? They're breaking up, Luke. 
I didn't know they were together. Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Didn't they like break up years ago? No. They oh. got together years ago. Oh. Okay. They've been an A-list couple for ages. And now they're breaking up. It's by the by, this was a crap joke, and it would have been dropped in any self-respecting opening monologue to a late night talk show. I think they were hoping that Kim Kardashian would tweet about them like Cardi B did last week. Potentially, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that that worked out well. Lacey Evans to ruin it for us all. <laughs> overall, I thought this... I'm not going to give it the lowest rating because it doesn't deserve the lowest rating, even, even without the extenuating circumstances. But it was boring. I thought it really damaged Riddle. I wasn't a fan of the main event angle. The only thing I actually liked and properly enjoyed was Keith Lee and Sheamus, and even that wasn't perfect. Yeah, uh, so I had to get up at half past five um, this morning because uh, I have a, a, another podcast outside of this I do in my personal time, and the episode had to go up live at half past six. So I wanted to get up at half past five to get the edit finished so it could go up. And I was actually quite stressed out because I hadn't finished the edit, I hadn't uploaded it, and I got it finished at quarter past six. So then I had the render time out for it, and I got it loaded onto the Patreon at 25 past six. It was so close to the live date that Patreon wouldn't let me schedule the post. I had to just push it live when it hit half six. I had more fun doing that than I did watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long, long show, and I did not enjoy a lot of it. A big thank you to our wonderful $25 a month or more pledge hammers on Patreon. You get loads of exclusive content over there. Luke and I will be reviewing a pay-per-view, a classic pay-per-view of your choice. The vote is now open on Patreon. Oh, do you want a live update? Let's have a live update. Okay, let's see where it is. Because it was some really good suggestions this month. Mm. Obviously, a lot of Royal Rumble suggestions, but some really good rumbles in there. Let's see. The poll is loading. Come on, Patreon. Aha. So currently leading the charge is Royal Rumble 2010, which is uh Edge the Edge Big Return. The other, the other big edge return. Oh. Um in second place at the moment. So that's got 27% of the vote. In second place with... Uh, oh, in second place with 23% of the vote is Wrestle Kingdom 11. Oh, damn. Good yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. So that is very, very interesting. That's with Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly, Takahashi mm. Kushida. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, so go over to Patreon and get your... Uh, votes in there and thank you to these folks who give 25 dollars a month or more spoken class today jeremy smith very nice pole jam dot 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 dive dylan cachetta thank you dylan intense frank campos cheap pops these michael plowman that's his name that name again is michael plowman Woo. you know i asked uh, rich last week if instead we can change this bit to have the Hall of Fame music playing under, <laughs> as we say. Bum, 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 bum. Uh, but I'll just, we'll just, you know, say, oh, he's he's just messaged. Is he? Has he done it? He didn't do it. Copyright. Copyright. Damn it! <laughs> can you find one on our sound library that sounds similar? Uh, the man who wears the gold, the man recognized by Swaft Inter Nation International as the 24-7 champion, our legend. Nice. 
Golden Nick Holden. Yes. Pick him up, Loot Sponge. Yes. My Immortal is my favorite song. Mashy, good for you. The Notorious, Ali Atta. Ali Atta. The good bad guy, Bryant Heath. Black and Decker, Dane. Oh, love a Black and Decker. And lastly, timely, because One Division starts this week, The Vision, Adonis. I know. I'm really excited. I cannot wait. He's putting up two episodes on Friday. Oh, what? So it's only two episodes and then it's weekly? I know. It's like the old days of us having to wait for content. Let's get into our hyper chats. Last call, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. I'll let you take things off because this is one for you. Yes, because they said that you won't understand it. Alexa mm-hmm. Bliss is now a sorcerer. She cast Firebolt for d- uh, 1d10 damage. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd jokes. They get me every time. <laughs> yes, some D&D. Do you want me to carry on? Uh, Reese Johnson, uh, good afternoon, lads. Well, Raw was rubbish, although I'm happy they seem to be pushing Keith Lee. Let's hope they keep that up and he goes on to win the Rumble. Hope he then challenges Roman Reigns and is the guys that beat him at Mania. Hope you're both well. Jam that jam. Uh, I love the idea of pushing Keith. Um, I don't think... I think stick on the same brand. I think the story is quite there for Keith versus Drew. Matthew Robinson, until he passed him the jacket, I did love Keith Lee Triple H interaction. Love NXT guys having Triple H's back. It did honestly feel like he's like, can I go home actually? Can I can I go back with you guys? Like when you're done here, can I go back to Tampa? We'll share a cab. Uh, the Jam one, Ryan B. Jam. Uh, this Raw was a piss poor show. There was nothing good about it other than Keith Lee and Sheamus tag in the follow-up singles match, but even that uh, was done in such an annoying way as they never showed what happened during the commercial break. Uh, Peter Mullen says, sounds like most of the reactions were saying how gross the Lacey Rick uh, Big Shaz angle is. If you're trying to get the female demo, having a 71-year-old trying to bump nasties with Lacey during a COVID outbreak over caring about his daughter is not the way. I think those two things are separate. I don't actually have any problem with the Rick Lacey thing. I think that's quite a good heel act. I think it's just irresponsible because of the pandemic. It is weird, though, because this time last year, she was like the all-American mother, uh, babyface going up against Bailey. It was the Jan one, right? <laughs> one Ryan B. Jan. I said this last night to SRS and Denise, but Lacey Evans, Ric Flair, and Charlotte Flair storyline is like a retread of the Tory Wilson, Dawn Marie storyline, but it's on Rusev and Mike Cucking storyline levels of terrible. Oh, well, I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was rubbish, but I wasn't offended like some people are. Absolutely not. Uh, I'm going to hot tag to you. Uh, Matthew Robinson, if you have time, why not give Shayna and Nia more time? Or I am sure there is a wrestler in the back that you could make it interesting and possibly build someone new. So rather than people doing double duty. Yeah, as I said, like you could have just given Lashley and Riddle plenty of time. You could have given like Gulak and Styles or not exactly like two slouches. You'd be like, don't want to give them 20 minutes. They'll blow themselves up. (laughs) Uh, Peter Mullins, paper feud. The card is Triple H, Autumn, Ric Flair, MVP, Jeff Hardy, Miz, Morrison. Name that year. 2002. Nope. 2007. Nope. 2021. 
Well, glad we're building new stars, I guess. Oh, man. That's Peter. That's a quite a sad little thing, isn't it? Bloody uh, hell. Matthew Robinson, I wonder if Drew made the call to make the COVID announcement. It does seem like a classy thing that come. It feels more Drew than it does WWE, definitely. Absolutely, because apparently, like there, there are other people that have tested positive, but they've only named Drew, mm. and like, and he's the first person they've named as well. Like one hundred percent, I think I agree with Matthew on that one. I think that's definitely a Drew call. Uh, wrestling talk sign guy. I'm watching the review, and we'll catch up on this later. Oh, I've got a delivery. That's what that bell noise. We get delivered. I don't know. I just keep <laughs> it's relentless. <laughs> loads of. Uh, Farrah shirts delivered today and i was well, like Farrah's making shirts yeah and i was like when did i order these <laughs> and when am i gonna wear them i don't go out the house <laughs> um uh i'm watching the review we'll catch up later but regarding wwe announcing drew has steve carino in the u.s a company can say someone has it but not who according to medical laws drew must have directly given consent to release that yeah, but WWE are not a typical US company, are they? There's a lot of things that US uh, say a company should do that WWE do not do. Yeah, they kind of did the reverse, where they specifically banned people from talking about it to the press, yeah. reportedly. DX Solo, hey! hey. Uh, Triple H is one of my faves, but it's getting harder and harder to get excited when he has a match. I think maybe End of an Era was his last good one. Been using you lot to keep up with WWE while watching AEW, but I'm looking forward to the Rumble. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. It could be argued that that's the same with Taker as well. I think, like, I mean, the Punk match after the year after was was really great as well, but like, end of an era, the, the Hell in a Cell match with Triple H is like an all time great. So, yeah, so I, I agree completely. Bacon Rasher. Hi, lads. Firstly, I want to say thanks for all the support last Thursday. Wrestle Talk and Swaff Nation rule. Yeah, if you didn't see that, Luke. Poor Bacon Rasher lost someone due to COVID over Christmas. I'm 36 and have watched WWE for years, but Raw has been a hot mess for so long, I don't think COVID can be blamed. This was a terrible, clunky show. Jam that jam. I was watching the news this morning, and there are people who are still talking about this thing as if it's it's only been two weeks. So, like, we're still we're still figuring it out. <laughs> it's been a year. Like, I think we, we pretty much know by now. Matthew Robinson, for all the times they have torn up the script last minute, you think they could do a show last minute with ease, but I guess it was too late in the day. Peter Mullins, credit to Fightful for this one. Jeff Elias Jackson Riker from the company that brought you 50-50 booking. 33-33-33 booking. Somehow even worse. Was pretty great. Hey, if Elias then beat Riker, it would be. But Riker's yeah. technically at the top of that heap. Uh, Pavi Pants. I really want Goldberg to go insane from so much responsibility on his shoulders, being a superhero, etc. BS. And Drew beats him, passing the torch, finally getting letting Goldberg rest. Yeah, I mean, so I haven't actually given my, my thoughts on the uh, the Goldberg Rumble match. Um, but yeah, I can totally see Goldberg winning and them setting up him versus Randy Orton for the title at WrestleMania. God. Alternatively, Drew retains, and you still do Goldberg because, like, if Goldberg's whole deal is about like disrespecting legends, then surely you're going after Orton, right? Like, you you cut a promo on him last week. Mm. Dragon Death Cab, welcome back, Luke. Hope your time off was relaxing. Raw is completely non-essential. SmackDown, NXT, AEW, and Impact all have television that's compelling enough to want to come back and watch, but you can skip three weeks here, and nothing is missed. 
I mean, case in point, I missed two weeks of this show. And honestly, it felt like I didn't miss anything at all. Uh, Goldberg came back. Uh, Matthew Robinson. Luke, you must understand they don't have enough women. So they all must declare uh, for the Royal Rumble. Drew needs to prove it. He can't. De- Drew needs to prove it. He can't declare. Next thing you would be winning. All right. Next thing you would be winning a title. LOL. Well, is there like a list of people that have been have announced themselves to the Rumble? Because I feel like everyone and their mother has announced themselves to the Rumble, but Drew Gulak's the only one who's been given this proviso of you must prove yeah. yourself in order to get into the Rumble. Probably. Uh, Kevin, I don't think I watched a full episode of Raw since the summer. If they're not invested and giving us a good show, why would I care? Great point. A great point. Nate Foltz, incoming from Keynes, Knox County. Good luck in the UK. We're about to have a civil war. <laughs> Keith Lee is winning the Rumble and he will challenge Roman. I must admit, I think the United States TV shows jumped the shark recently. Uh, I think it's really... I, I, I don't believe the stuff that's happening anymore. Well, I mean, ratings were coming were a bit down, you know, after the um, the the end of season. So like, they had to do something pretty wild to start the new season. And yeah, I, I think, think they've done something for a bit. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Our hot tag to you for the final final run. Indeed. Uh, so these are last chats coming in. Weasley sixty five. While I enjoyed the fireball spots, this question isn't about Raw. Is there any chance that we could at least get NXT polls on Twitter on Wednesday nights, and then maybe a mention on the Thursday show? Not a proper review for NXT, just a poll on Twitter. Uh, maybe, but then we just run the risk of. I'm pretty set on the ways that we're doing it currently for the AW NXT split. Um, it's just gonna. I th- there's no good way to do it unfortunately, and my knee-jerk reaction to your suggestion is that it's just going to create people comparing NXT to AEW. And also, I can, I mean, I, I don't want to be, you know, a stick in the mud or spoil anything for you, but it will just get good. Like, that, it, it, everyone will just vote for it being good, because this week's Raw was voted good uh, by the uh, the faithful who are watching us. Um, um, oh. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, we could, we could see, just see how, yeah, I'll make a note of it. Zachary Jenkins, uh, I finally convinced my best friend to watch a match, and so I picked Lee versus Dijak at TakeOver Portland. He popped for all the spots, and at the end, he was like, I love this Keith Lee. Yeah. Keith Lee's great. Uh, Kevin um, says, Bucks and Omega will come out to different entrance tunnels for their trio match. Will this play into something? Ooh. Yeah, no, no. I was, I was excited. Uh, Ewan Price says, um, sorry, non-WWE question, but as I'm a key worker, I can't always watch the AEW podcast review, but what do you think of the idea of TK uh, being in Moxley's corner against Omega or TK helping Moxley to retain the title back? Love Omega, but Moxley is too good. No, 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 no. I don't want Tony Khan to be an on-screen character. Uh, I don't know about you. No, no, I agree. Like, and I don't think if it, it kind of undermines the Moxley character if he's then needing um, Tony Khan's help to, to win the belt back. Charles Berg says, Ollie, I'll be honest, I'm a bit upset with you disrespecting my palate. For the record, if I want chocolate, I go to La Maison du Chocolat on mm-hmm. Newhouse. Uh, I also make delicious food. I'll send you some pictures if you need proof. Some people eat to live, I live to eat. Is this in reference to you saying that Hershey's chocolate is disgusting? Because it is. It's got a common aftertaste. But I said. Yeah. It's that's nostalgia. It's just you don't recognize how bad it is. That's not your fault, Charles. But no, like there's also it was like a, a, a there was a scientific test that was done to say that if you are not from the US, Hershey's tastes like vomit because Americans' taste buds have been just warped by all of like the the GM and like the products and stuff that they they inject into their food. 
Um, Dylan Haggard says he sounded a bit like Alan Partridge in that episode where he's talking about the the twelve foot tall chickens. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I was going to say I'm pretty, sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's there's there's some chemical substance in Hershey's chocolate that is is shared in vomit. Like it's it's something to do with the the yeah. way it smells and tastes, as opposed to what I said. people people being pumped full of chemicals. Oh, I mean, how else could the Americans not taste that bit? <laughs> and I, I mean, Denise sent me a load of stuff from America. You read those labels, man. It's it's just it's 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 letters and numbers. And that is all that's on there. Um, Dylan Haggard. Hey, guys, love the channel. Any chance we could see uh, WrestleTalk um, coll uh, collaborate with the AEW, uh, with the AE podcast? Uh, also, when Ollie getting on, uh, going in Raw's match chat. You have been invited on to go enter a match chat. I haven't been invited. Oh, I got invited. Um, so I guess you'll just have to sit and wait and see if you get an invite. With they podcast, that'd be great there. They oh, that'd be so good. Yeah. I love the AE podcast. It's, it's one of my favorite shows. It's so great. I uh, it's, it's my new favorite thing at the moment is Kevin's impression of old Vince McMahon, like mm -hmm. new, like current day Vince McMahon. Like, oh, Tiki's he does awaken. Tiki's, um, thank you for making my mornings. Your channel and podcast is what I listen to on my commute to work. Much love and hugs from Tina in Seattle. Thank you, Tina from Seattle. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. Uh, Raffman says, Mr. Davis, could you please tell us something about the novel you're writing? Like something about the plot. <laughs> Thanks. I, dude, I heard that you finished the first draft, man. Congratulations. Oh, right. That bit, one. Yeah. It, it was getting a bit too close to the wire. I, I did wonder if you were going to get it finished. Three days before the end of the new year. <laughs> uh, so that one, it's um, what's the easiest way to sum it up? Elevate the pitch. Should have worked on this. It's like uh, Willy Wonka had a a tech smart society and someone goes in there a tr someone's an internet troll hunter they're looking for a troll and it takes them to sort of elon musk's a sort of elon musk style fantasy land i i've uh, i've known ollie for a long time um and he's talked about this book for quite some time and I've, I've heard lots of various various different bits about it, but I'm, I'm I cannot tell you how excited I am to actually finally read it. Thank you. I'm I'm really really stoked for it, and that has made me even more excited. Uh, and lastly, uh, from Dylan Haggis, who says, "Hey guys, pick five wrestlers each that you'd have as retribution members with Ali." I'll go. Uh, Dijak, Dion Madden, um, Mir Yim, Ali, and um, Shane Thorne, and I'd present them as a cool faction. Mm. pick five wrestlers each that you'd have so more people to join retribution well, but I, I think what dylan's asking is like just sort of pick five wrestlers that you would have in retribution but like like so if, it, if they've got to be as part of this current retribution then i don't want to pick anyone because i wouldn't wish that upon anyone to be part of because it's a, it's a death group to be in you know so what just... you could just screw it miz right just yeah. the people yeah. who are cl clogging up the main event at the moment uh braun Strowman. um who else is, is sort of charlotte flair at <laughs> lacey evans nia jack uh, nia jacks yeah there you go now you said in the intro there that not much has happened to you but i know that is not the case because you and your uh, partner have got massively into playing horrified 
Yeah, well, we uh, we got some board games. We've been into phenomenons. Do you love board games? Uh, our board game channel, uh, headed up by Blompier. Do you like board games? Then. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, we, we've. It's nice because I don't resent Anna much for not being into wrestling. Do I, Anna? I think she's got her headphones in. She's she's sitting, what, like a foot away from me right now? We're just separated by a big backdrop. Uh, but we, we she's gotten into board games. So it's like we're building a shared collection. Mm. It feels like ours. Uh, and yeah, one of them was Horrified, a game based on the sort of universal monsters from the classic era of the sort of 30s, 40s. And... Yeah, it's really good. I I love it. I think it's it's got a lot of layers. I'm but I'm also not as experienced in board gaming as a hobby to say, ah, but the scoring system needs work. I don't know that. I'm ignorant. Well, I mean, I don't think the scoring system does need work on uh, Horrified because I think it's a, a really, really great game. Uh, I mm. love it. I thought it was awesome when I played. I've only played it the once. Uh, played it around a friend's house because he got it on like a pre-order thing. And they printed it in quite a small quantity. So when I played it, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. I need to get myself a copy. Could not get one for love nor money. Now they are a bit more mass printed and it was available everywhere until I decided that I wanted to buy myself a copy. And I had some spare funds to be able to buy one. And now it's sold out everywhere. So I'm on like a couple of like mailing order lists of like, because we're, I'm, I don't know if it's available on Amazon, but I'm trying not to buy things from Amazon at the moment. I'm trying mm. to support uh, smaller businesses. How's that working out for you? Well, I did it all over Christmas. We didn't buy a single thing from Amazon um, over the Christmas break. But which, and it's all you know, arrived? It all arrived, yeah. I mean, it provided its own problems because it all got sent to my in-law's house. Like, purposefully so, because that's where we were supposed to be for Christmas. But um, then we weren't there for Christmas. So we've got no gifts to give to each other. Um, but yeah, no idea. It was, all, it was actually great, man. Like, And it's not even that much slower of, of shipping and stuff. I think we've all got, so got used to the idea that Amazon's like, you order it and it arrives to you within a couple of hours. But I, uh, one, like... have submitted to our overlords. <laughs> King Amazon, the Google what? Empire... I mean, he's listening in your house because you've got an Alexa in your house that is listening to all of your various different um, queries and demands. Yeah, I'm fine with it. If that is the trade-off to being to, to being easily to say, play me some Taylor Swift right goddamn now, then fine. Listen to every inopportune moment. I mean, I wonder if Hulk Hogan's got one because <laughs> this was exactly what he counseled against. It is, yeah. I mean, but like the, the point I was going to make was, is that mm. you know we kind of got used to Amazon being like, "Hey, we'll get it to you within twelve hours of you ordering it." So when uh, you know you order from a website, it says, "Oh, we'll get this to you within one to two days." You're like, "Oh God, what? Take forever? Why don't you?" Actually, one to two days is totally fine. That's how it used to be. Uh, we, uh, I thought we were talking, you know, Top Shop, Top Man, those sorts of brands. And they how they've out of business. They've sort of gone out of business, and me yeah. being totally out of touch with what the kids wear, because I actually thought kids wore Topshop. Uh, no, <laughs> they don't. That was one of the problems. But apparently, one of the big things was it's because they didn't keep up with the times, man. You oh. need to be able to get that like same day or next day delivery. Topshop or whatever still takes like a week. 
I used to work for a company that was an online company. Like they, their name had dot com in their name. That's all. Like they, because they they formed in like the dot com boom era oh, where wow. you're like, you know, buying up these sort of names. And like your business name is a dot com business name, and all of their business was done over phones. <laughs> It was quite incredible to like work this website where it's like, oh man, this website doesn't actually do anything because at the end of the day, you still have to call someone up to like process things. This is not a dot com business. Yeah, it's like startups. People just put startup at the end of a business and go, hey, hey she's got a new hat. But, uh, <laughs> it's really just a normal business with a flashy oh, name. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I had my tooth taken out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, wow. I sorry, I should explain that whistling when Luke talks. That is the sound of air passing in and out of that gap. There isn't a whistle, is there? No, of course not. Thank <laughs> God for that. <laughs> Hank, <laughs> <laughs> how sick I was laughing. Um, but yeah, no, I had it taken out. Um, do you want a fun fact, actually, that uh, I haven't told you yet about me having my tooth taken out? Always. So I had to have my tooth taken out because I had a filling in it seven years ago. That filling did its job for a little bit. Then I had to have root canal on that tooth. You actually, long-term listeners of this podcast will remember mm. when I told the story of me getting a root canal on this very show. Uh, and then that root canal has caused its own problems where it fractured the tooth. Uh, so I had to have that tooth taken out. So my big, my big three things that I've had at the dentist in the last 10 years have been on one singular tooth, which I find very, very frustrating. It's also cost me a fucking fortune. Like the the rerouting that they initially uh, uh, quoted me was sixteen hundred pounds. Rerouting sounds like uh, connecting wires back up. Like, well, that's essentially what it is. Yeah, just, just reconnecting uh. like your like the nerve endings in oh. your gums and stuff because that's what that's what was hurting. Um, so in the end, they decided we're just going to take the tooth out. Uh, the way that my uh, dentist decided to do that was to do it in four chunks essentially. So mm. rather than just sort of like take the tooth out, he just snapped it in uh, various places and it came out in four different parts um and i was there like i'm, I'm on the the you know the the the, the chair thing right and it's, it feels like it's taking ages like i felt like i was there for like 20 minutes or whatever while he was just like drilling and stuff and then i heard this like almighty snap in my <gasps> in my mouth and he said to me like he's like you'll hear a snap that's good like we uh, snapped a good sound <laughs> and um so i hear this almighty snap and i'm like brilliant finally there it is that's the tooth now that was just the filling that was just the filling that he was taking off and he was like it's like I've, you know he's not even started yet so it was just a lot of that just waiting oh. for him just like, wrenching and wrenching and wrenching to hear that snap so i do that snap a couple, you know about four times what was but, it um, like you know like some sort of sounds just just go right through you was it like that every time or did you build up a tolerance I think I built up a tolerance to it. Um, I've gone, I've gone private, folks. Um, oh. I know, right? Because I'm, I'm fancy now. I'm living out in the country, so I've gone private. And they had a TV screen above me that was showing um, lovely, like this lo lovely nature documentary thing that was based around uh, the sea. So it was just lots of nice fishes. Uh, so you know, I was basically there with Echo the dolphin, and um, that calmed me a little bit. Then I just shut my eyes because it was I, I couldn't take it anymore. Um, it becomes taunting after a while. Calming <laughs> scenes of nature. When well, you're having I mean, bits of tooth ripped out of your face. I'll tell you what becomes like torture and tormenting is that it, it turns out that he was streaming it from Netflix. And after a while, it came up with saying, are you still watching? <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, I've got this big like plastic thing in my mouth. So I can't go, can you, 
can you click the thing and start again? Or can you put Brooklyn Nine-Nine on or something mm. so I can, you know, watch something else? Also, that'd be a really good way for me to gauge how long this is taking. <laughs> or if it started autoplaying into like, I don't know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Dexter. You wouldn't like Dexter. Well, I mean, Dexter's like, he's like, he's killing people with drills and stuff. And I've I got know. a drill inside my mouth. I, but, but you don't like the show Dexter? Or is that just oh, a situational? Well, situation pick something else. Like, what's the worst thing you've seen on Netflix that genuinely you didn't like? Because I know you like a lot of bad stuff. I, I do. Although, I mean, I have heard, I've not seen it yet, but Bridgerton is very bad from what I've been told. <laughs> um, my mum was not a fan of it whatsoever. Mm. And uh, my wife tried to watch it and she was like, yeah, your mum's right. It is pretty poor. Okay, well, you're stuck with Bridgerton. And then you've got that kind of locked in syndrome where you can't say anything. Your mouth is all up. Did you have that sort of like Wallace and Gromit mold in your yeah. mouth? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kept popping out as well. So oh, new ones in. Anyway, so here's the fun fact that I was told mm. afterwards. Um, if I sneeze, I've just got to let the sneeze out. Um, because now that I've got a gap in, like, there's a, basically just there's, there's a gum there, right? So there's a gap there's where, my, where a tooth would have been. The sort of like filling between that and your sinus is really, really thin. So if I like snow, if I sneezed, but I like hold it in and like hold my nose, I could create a new air hole in my gum and air what? would just shoot out of that. I know, right? Wait, so the tooth you had out is on the top, the top yeah. row. Right. I didn't know that. Oh my God. So you've just got like a cavern behind your face. Sounds like you've got it. Have you, have you got a cocaine problem? <laughs> you've taken so much cocaine, your teeth have fallen out and turned oh, into an extra nostril. The, 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 the noughties were a wild time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, oh my he, God. But he did that. He tricked me essentially because he just like goes, Can you, um, can you just do this with your, your nostrils? I was like, What? And he's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, just do that. I was like, So I did it. He was like, Yep, just, and again, just really hard. I went, and then he's like, okay, okay, just one more time. And as I did it, he held my nose. So obviously you got like, like that. But what he was doing was testing to see whether it would create a new air hole and he'd have to give me stitches. But it didn't create a new air hole. So he was just like, for the next three months, if you sneeze. Three months? Yeah, if you, if you have to sneeze, like just, just sneeze. Yeah, he said like 12 weeks. Just like, if you have to sneeze, just sneeze. Like don't hold it in because you can't create a new air hole. <sighs> I know, right? This has added a new <laughs> layer of tension to our records. <laughs> if well, I see yeah, your I'm... nose start to go, I'm going to be very worried. <laughs> your mouth is going to explode with blood and air. <laughs> blood just starts coming out and everything. How do you feel about that? Are you worried? Have you have you had the sensation of want to sneeze? I, I mean, I've seen... I, I get heavy for a little bit, yeah. But like, and I'm um, I re I'm a repeat sneezer. Uh, mm. I get it from my dad. Like my dad, if he sneezes, it's it's ten times or it's nothing. So like this morning, I had to sneeze a good six sneezes in a row. So like it was just, and, and I was conscious of it as well. Like every single one, just let it out, just oh. let it out, like, let it out. And like I said, I told my wife this, and she was like, "Oh, that's alright because you hold your sneezes in all the time." I, I know what she said was, "You never hold your sneezes in." And I was like, "Oh, but when you're asleep." And I'm trying not to wake you up. I will like try and like hold a sneeze in because I'm trying not to make a loud noise and wake you up. I did it literally this weekend. But now, now I've got to let those bad boys out. Is there any possibility that the dentist is 
is doing a rip. He's he's, he's just messing with me. He's like the... yeah. <laughs> It's like the dentist from Little Shop of Horrors, but it's a mental torture mm. that he's created for me. Do you think he's on his dentist podcast? <laughs> which is entirely about fooling patients. Yeah. Oh, you'll never guess what I told this kid that came in. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it could be good. You could you've got you've essentially got another thing to breathe through. Yeah, I'm actually the next evolution. Of uh, of humankind is to have a, another airway in what my would mouth. Your, oh yeah, maybe that's it. I was going to say what your what is your X Man name? Airway. airway. <laughs> Pretty sure that's a transformer. I think it might be an airway. I like that. That's good. Mm. Um, so, so anyway, so that's my my tooth taken out. It feels very weird. I can stick my tongue like in the gap. Like it's way bigger than I thought it would be. Because it's like a booger. My... Sorry again. Can you get a booger if you reach your tongue up far enough? I, I don't think so. No, I haven't. I haven't tried that far yet. But push like, through, push through like, the membrane. You'd think it's so far at the back, like because it's my second tooth, uh, that it'd be quite small. But the gap's actually massive. Quite large. Yeah, massive huge. teeth at the back. Yeah, yeah, big chompers. So um, I, I'm just I'm just chewing on one side at the moment on my right hand side, which was <sighs> difficult eating a bagel this morning. I can tell you that for free. Soup, soup here on out. Well, I mean, I'm I'm just trying to like carry on as normal because it doesn't hurt. It just feels weird. Mm. Like I think that that's my my overall takeaway. Like, my mum texted me this morning, being like, "You okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, it just feels weird." Like, it just you'll get used to it in no time. Exactly. You, you know, have, you, have you got like any like retainers or stuff on the back of your teeth? Uh, I have not. No. So when I had eye braces as a kid, and when they were taken off, I've got and I've still to this day got a metal bar behind my top row of teeth. Oh, and wow. when it was fitted. I was like, this was not the deal I was sold. <laughs> I've had braces on for two years. I thought these were off now. Um, and I was inconsolable for a few days. Uh, and then I completely forgot they were there. And I've never mm -hmm. noticed them since. So maybe it's like that. But if you if you start to grow another nose there, could be more problematic. Maybe that's why like they're you know, trying to push me to get like a, a bridge or an implant or something to you know replace the gap. If we don't plug these teeth holes, <laughs> there's gonna be noses growing aplenty. Um, oh man. Oh when I had braces, when I was a teenager and I had braces, I had the full headgear and everything. So like my uh I don't know if I've told you this before, but like my I had quite bad teeth. I still do, really. I think you know what the Americans will tell us. And um, so I had a brace that like was joined so that my top and bottom row were joined, mm. and it was like a little shelf for me to put my tongue on, and then I had the headgear around as well that would tighten so that i could like it would just lock itself in place and i had to wear that at school oh not even a nighttime one nope do you I think there was a and, oh, then, a I had a, then i had a separate one for the nighttime one but it was the same deal and then there was a radio show at the time just for dentists what a dentist <laughs> would say you'd never guess what You're I've got this kid to put on his head at school. Oh he only needs I'm... it at night time. <laughs> 90s dentist just running wild being like, I made, I made this kid wear headgear for a full year at school. Uh, if it isn't too traumatic for you, any nicknames kids gave to you? Uh, I mean, I, to be honest, after a while, people just sort of like, you know, they just move past it. Like at first it was, you know, like a, you know, it's a bit of a freak show thing. But after that, it's just, I mean, it's middle. I was bullied for so many other things. Like this mm. was just another one to add to the list. Like, you Check know, I, 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 
exactly. You know, I, I was wearing a, a hoodie that had the band Corn on it. Like I already had a target on my back. Just me, me having a head brace was just nothing new. Could the hood fit over the head? The head. <laughs> yeah, but you can't wear that in like class, can you? Because you know, mm. you have to wear like your, your jumper and your tie and whatnot. Cool. Do you want to end the show there then? It's, was, I, I was going for some dead air. <laughs> I know. I was. You can't see it, but obviously, me and Luke can see each other. I'm like, <laughs> who's going to say the wrap up? <laughs> well, Chicken, I win. <laughs> Uh, also, I've got this on my desk at the moment. This is uh, gauze. And in case I start bleeding, oh, just well. shove that into the gap. Anyway, that's all we've got time for for this edition of the podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back with the AEW review on Thursday. And then we'll have the magazine, show, a very special magazine mm. show uh, this coming Friday, which I'm very, very excited about. Uh, we're going to do some announcements about that at some point soon. Uh, and then it's the SmackDown review on the Saturday. But... Until then, take care. I love you. Goodbye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.